Welcome to episode number 58 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. Today I am taking over my microphone for a little something called Ask Me Anything. A few weeks ago, I sent out an email to everybody on my email list. I asked you on social media, what do you want to know? Professionally, personally, ask me anything. And I got a ton of questions. And on this episode, I'm going to answer them all. wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Okay, let's get right into it, people. Um, We have a good mix of professional questions, of personal questions, of business questions, life questions, media questions, all of the things. So let's start with Abby. She's a life coach, and she is asking me, I wanted to find out if your programs benefit people who live outside of the U.S. Okay, so Abby, let me first tell you that, oh, Somebody's voxing me. Do you hear? This is my life, people. I live and die by the vox because I don't really like talking on the phone. Um, So my team and I, that's how we communicate, via email and via Voxer. So that's what that little noise was. Um, Okay, Abby. So my programs. I actually just have one program. I have a PR agency, and I don't think that's what you're talking about because I don't really work with people outside of the U.S. with the agency and my team. But I do have an online course and mentoring program. So basically, the online course, it's $9.97. You buy it. You do it. You implement it. That's it. Um, The VIP version of that involves you working with my team. So it's very done with you instead of do it yourself. That's what most people opt to do um, because there's just so much value in talking to somebody one-on-one about your business, your goals, where you're at, what you want to do, building you custom media lists, making introductions for you, that sort of thing. And yes, it does benefit people who live outside of the U.S. I had a client in Australia who was part of my media mentoring program. She was actually the very first person who bought my program a few years ago after hearing me talk about it on Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast. And She had amazing success. She was in the media both in the United States, which is great because she had a product that could be bought from anybody across the world, Um, but she was also getting a lot of Australian press as well. She was actually on the number one entertainment show in Australia after doing our program. And then she was in, um, she actually just sent me an email. It's great because we worked together probably like three years ago and she just sent me an email probably a month ago saying that she was in a book. Um, I don't remember what the book was. I know Pat Flynn had the author on his podcast a few months ago and they were talking about the book. Um, but she was mentioned in the book and she believes it came from an article 
that she was in, in Inc. Magazine that I believe. And she said she would have never gotten that article if it wasn't through meeting me. And then she got coverage in this book, which is a best-selling book, a very popular book. It's about, um, I'm going to find out and I'm going to put it in the show notes, but it's about like staying small, keeping your business small uh, to grow big. You can, I mean, that sounds like an oxymoron, but um, you can actually keep your business small and still make more money and not work as much as you think you have to. Um, So she's actually mentioned in that book and it all came about because of her media exposure. So she was based in Australia. Um, I have helped people in Russia. Um, I've helped people in a variety of countries. So yeah, I can help people outside the US, but good question, Abby. Okay, so Angel said, not really a question, more of like half of a statement. So I'm going to try to answer this the best I can, Angel. <laughs> Angel said, reaching customers who could really benefit from the use of video for their own business. So I think you're asking, how do you reach customers who could benefit from the use of video for their own business? Okay, Angel, I'm guessing that you do something with video and you want to teach others the importance of video. The way you're going to reach them is you are going to be targeting the business outlets, um, and you're going to be talking about the power of video. Um, Obviously, this is, I don't want to say it's saturated, but lots of people know that video is important in business. Um, And this is where you are going to have to be practicing what you preach, Angel. Um, If you are talking about how important video is, then you need to be on video. You need to constantly be sharing on your own platforms not just YouTube, but using video on Twitter and on Facebook and on LinkedIn, maybe LinkedIn live video, because you want to practice what you preach and you want to talk about the importance of using video, not just um, from the standpoint of, hey, this is what people online are watching. This is what they're paying attention to. But you also want to be using those statistics because that's really what people are going to believe. Yes, we all have that opinion that video works, but there's a reason we have that opinion. And it's because there are hard statistics and facts that show that people prefer video over reading. Most of them do at least. So I think you need to do two things. One, you need to focus on your own media and practice what you preach and create lots of video and talk about the importance of it. And don't be afraid to give away too much. Like tell people how to do it because if people want to do it, They need to know how, and they want to go to you for your expertise. And then there's going to be people who want to do it, but they really don't want to spend the time and energy doing it. So if you, maybe you live locally somewhere and you have a video production company, then you're going to want to put a bigger emphasis on the local business owners. So for that, you should be using things like LinkedIn for sure. Um, If you want to use a Facebook ad, you can target, you know, the local business owners. But you should also be earning exposure in the media because it's one thing for you to tell everybody about video. It's another thing for an outlet that's already known, liked, and trusted to say, listen to Angel talk about the importance of video. And there's so many different angles you can use. Like, don't always just go back to the stats of lots of people are watching video, so you should be creating video as well. But talk about the storytelling of video. Like, try to find as many different angles as possible, not just for your own media, but for other people's media. So the local business journal, for example, somebody who talks about business or marketing, um, the local newspaper who talks about money. You could use a money angle and how, um, I think there was a stat, you know, that 
a certain percentage of people are more likely to buy something after seeing a video versus reading it, things like that. So you really just need to practice what you preach and um, share it with your audience and get on other people's platforms to share it with theirs. Okay, Jen Collins, she is a chief self-care officer and podcast host at mamaneedsbox.com. And she asks, how do you get media attention if you live in an extremely rural area and aren't local to a major city? I live in Western North Carolina in the mountains, and I'm about two to three hours from Atlanta, Charlotte, Greenville, and Knoxville, and about one hour from Asheville. Okay, Jen, you have a great question because... I actually work with Jessica Stansberry in my media mentoring program, and she has the same predicament. When I started working with her, um, I was like, okay, what's your local market? What's your local TV market? And she was like, oh, it's Charlotte, but I live three hours from there. And I'm like, how is that even possible? (laughs) Like, that's wild. I understand living an hour, but like three hours? I was like, I clearly do not know my North Carolina geography very well. But let me tell you, you can make this work (laughs) because you're still local to that area. That's still your local news. It doesn't matter if you're right in the city or if you're outside the city. And this is why one, uh, literally Jessica holds the record for, um, fastest implementation of the media mentoring program. She literally bought the, bought the program on a weekend Monday, She didn't waste any time. Monday, we had our first call. We worked on a pitch. I sent it to a friend of mine who worked at a TV station in Charlotte. um, And Jessica said, I'm actually going to be driving three hours to Charlotte. So if we could get something this week, that'd be great. And Thursday morning, she was live on TV on the Fox station in Charlotte, North Carolina. So you can pitch them. You can make coverage um, happen, especially on TV. If you know you're going to be in that area around a certain time, you just want to make sure your pitch is timely and it's relevant to that area. And that was actually part of the pitch that Jessica used. So this was around back to school time, or no, it was summertime. We were just going into summer. And it was, you can be a mom at home and you can still make money with an hour or two a day, even during the summer when the kids are out of school. Um, And she did talk about how she lived a few hours outside of Charlotte and it was very rural, but she had Wi-Fi so she could make it happen. So she actually spoke to that and made that part of her story angle. So yes, you can still get that local coverage on TV if you're willing to make the trip. But then when it comes to like newspapers and magazines, like, I mean, I live in a suburb of West Palm Beach called Wellington. It's, I mean... I'm I'm not hours away from West Palm Beach. I'm like 20 minutes. But the Palm Beach Post has an extension of its newspaper that is just focused on Wellington. And I think most major media outlets do. And then you also have to keep in mind that most people get their news online. So people want to talk about, oh, traditional media. Nobody reads the newspaper. Nobody watches TV. Well, yeah, they do. They just do it online. Like they get their updates in their Facebook news feed or through the apps or whatever it is. So you don't have to physically be in the big city. You're still local to that area. So I wouldn't worry too much about being outside the major city because that's still your local news. Like what's your newspaper? What's your TV station? That is still your local news. Um, And then keep in mind, 
that you want national coverage too. You don't just want local coverage. Even if you just work with people locally, you still want to get that national coverage because you want to build that credibility and that authority. And people locally, they also get national news as well. Um, And then you obviously want to repurpose that news. You want to share that news on your platforms with your audience to reach more people and do PR on your PR to really amplify it. Okay. Next question is from, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this wrong, Lakshmi, the CEO and founder of Pickup Sports, and he is asking, or she is asking, I'm sorry, I don't know, I'm not familiar with the name, as a product business, I'd love some tips for finding and getting into holiday gift guides or general holiday PR planning like Black Friday or Cyber Monday. I check Harrow all the time and get some great responses where people want to include us, But it seems like all of the Harrow gift guide requests are bloggers with not so much traffic yet. Are there other resources that are better to look into? Lakshmi, I'm so glad that you recognize this. Harrow drives me nuts this time of year. I have two clients on my agency side who have products. And yes, most of Harrow, what you are going to find around this time of year, and if you don't know what Harrow is, um, check the show notes. I did a podcast episode about Harrow. I did a YouTube episode about Harrow. So... You can find information about Harrow in there. Um, Yes, it's mostly people looking for um, free stuff. And like you said, it's mostly bloggers who have no audience who just want your free products. And I'm glad that you noticed that. (laughs) And many times they'll just say, okay, great, I'll include you, send a sample. And that's just because they want to collect things. Um, And those samples cost you money and they cost you time. So I would be very mindful about using Harrow for holiday gift guides. Um, And then just to take you behind the scenes of the media industry, if somebody is a true journalist, they either have to buy the product because legally they cannot accept freebies or they have to return it if you send a return label. And that is something that I would ask if you are responding to a Harrow, if they're going to ask for a sample, tell them that I will send a return label. Can I count on getting this back? And you also want to see what their numbers are. Um, Don't ask them for screenshots because they can fake those. And I know many people in the industry who have. Um, So instead, Ask them for maybe an example of last year's gift guide. Have them send links. Look at their social media. Like, is it worth it to you? Is the traffic high enough? Is the engagement high enough? Um, So you really have to do your homework with Harrow. Harrow has really, um, how do I say this nicely? I wrote an article about it in um, Muckrack, just about how it's kind of gone to shit, honestly, because it's not regulated at all. Anybody can post in there, and anybody is posting in there, looking for free stuff for their holiday gift guides. But I would say, um, last me, the other thing that you could do is do a Google search. Um, I'm not familiar with what pickup sports is, but maybe it's like a holiday gift guide for a sports lover, and see what shows up on the first three pages of Google. Because those are going to be the most credible, the highly trafficked. And if they did a gift guide last year on a gift guide for your sports lover, then they're probably going to do a gift guide this year. So click on that article. You can see who wrote it. You can probably click on their name that's hyperlinked and you could find them on Twitter. You could find their email address. Reach out to them again and see if they're doing the same gift guide. Are you going to do this again? You did it last year. If so, 
I would love for you to consider this. And you already know that outlet is credible because they're showing up on page one, two, or three of Google, and you can actually see the content. It's not some like blogger that lives in their parents' basement and the only website visitor they have is their mother. So I'm glad that you are noticing the downfalls of Harrow, but I would definitely look at who's done um, relevant gift guides in the past and reach out to them. Okay, moving on. Joy says, okay, here's my biggest problem, traffic. I am trying to do an ask campaign to target my audience better, and I have bought some traffic through ads, but I am not getting the participation I would want from expensive campaigns. I assume people are asked out. Suggestions? Okay, Joy, my first suggestion is to stop spending money on ads, and this isn't just because I do earned media for a living. It's actually because of the statistics. I know a couple of years ago, It was 80-some percent of people would scroll past the Google ads and go straight to the organic results, and now that number's past 90. As consumers, like think of your own behavior, we tend to ignore things if we know they're paid advertisements. They have no authority. They have no credibility. I believe the only reason people advertise is because A, they don't know any better, and it's just always been like that, and B, they have trust issues. They're afraid that if they try the organic route, it's not going to work. And C, they're impatient and they want results right now. That's kind of the world we live in today. People don't want to wait for things. They don't want things to happen organically or naturally. So they'd rather just spend a bunch of money on an ad and hope that it works out. But in reality, think of your own behavior. Again, you ignore ads. You don't pick up a newspaper to look at the ads. You do it to read the stories. You don't watch TV for the commercials, unless it's the Super Bowl. You watch TV for the content in the actual programming. So I would not buy traffic through ads. Instead, I would just be a little bit more patient with traffic. I mean, you ask anybody who's good at SEO, they're going to tell you it's going to take at least three to six months to see any results with SEO. There's a reason my contracts with my clients are six months. It takes that long to start getting traction, to start getting publicity to turn into profit. So I don't know if your problem is like doing an ask campaign and not knowing what your audience wants. Your problem could be that you are not just giving yourself enough time to build your audience. And maybe you're just focusing on the numbers, the um, quantity, and not the quality. Um, I will suggest Pat Flynn's book, Super Fans, and he talks about building one fan, one by one, day in and day out, um, and I think that may be helpful to you as far as building not just an audience, but like a meaningful audience, and I will link to his book in the show notes. Okay, Emmanuel Howard is asking me. I'm really trying to get my website up and running, almost done, just trying to make it a funnel like Russell Brunson's. Any tips regarding websites and funneling traffic to it? Okay, a couple things. One, you don't even have a website up and you're already comparing it to Russell Brunson. That's mistake number one. That's like me 15 years ago trying to get into the TV industry and comparing myself to Oprah. Like apples to oranges. So Emmanuel, stop doing that. Um, I think when it comes to your website, just like what I just um, answered for Joy, you need to just be like, strategic and be patient. 
Um, starting a website from scratch is tough because you have no domain authority. You have no backlinks. You have no content on there to drive traffic to your website. So I would suggest um, learning more about how to grow learning more about how to grow a website organically. As far as um, funneling traffic to it, um, like I answered with Angel and practicing what he preaches and just being the guy to give you all kinds of value with video, whatever your niche is, go to where those people hang out and make helpful resources on your website, whether they be cheat sheets or ebooks or you know like a blueprint or a guide or a three-day video class whatever it is something your audience wants needs to live on your website and you need to make sure you're using keywords that don't have a lot of a lot of competition um i will link to the blog millionaires um course from Brandon Gailey. I took this course a few years ago and I learned so much about SEO that before I put anything on my blog um, or a client's blog, I want to make sure I know exactly how people are searching for keywords and I want to know how many people are searching for it to make sure it's worth my time and I want to know how many results there are for it. I don't want to compete with something that has six billion results on the internet. I want to compete with something that has more like a million results on the internet because I have a better chance of being found. So I think this is what you need to do. Don't worry about Russell Brunson and people who have been in business for years um, and who have millions of dollars. (laughs) Instead, just stay in your lane and focus on growing it strategically and organically little by little every day. Okay, next question. I told you guys we had a lot. I might break this up into two episodes. Y'all, I think I'm going to because I have a lot more and I don't want to keep you for like an hour. So I'm going to break this up into two episodes. Okay, moving on. Donna Ballard asks, first, I wanted to say that I really like and appreciate your content. Oh, thank you, Donna. You're so sweet. Now, my question is, how do I increase my reach to target audience, to my target audience, which is baby boomers age 55 to 70 who are thinking about relocating in retirement? Okay, well, first of all, Donna, I love that you know who your audience is. Second of all, they're not on Snapchat, so don't do that. <laughs> I don't think they're on Instagram. I think, I think they're on Facebook for sure, but unfortunately, um, Facebook is very much a pay-to-play platform right now. Um, Again, just like I kind of answered with Emmanuel, um, I would definitely suggest looking at keywords, like what are these people searching? Like honestly, you could do a a search for relocating in retirement. Um, A source I use is called SEM Rush. I will link to that in the show notes for this episode. And that's what I use for all of my SEO research. So I could type in relocating in retirement and I could see, actually, you know what? I'm gonna do it right now. I'm going to go to SEM Rush. I'm going to give you some keywords here um, when it comes to relocating in retirement. So the first thing I'm going to put in, I'm going to put retirement, actually, because I think retirement is more relevant than relocating. Um, so let me go to the keyword magic tool in SEM Rush, and I'm going to type retirement. And then I'm going to filter those results and I'm going to tell you the different things that people are searching in regards to retirement. So let's see here. We have age, 
So I'm going to click on age. We have retirement and we have age. Um, I'm not seeing relocating. Hold on. Oh, we have live. I'm going to click on live and see those results. So here are some things with live. Um, we have retirement living. We have retirement living communities. Retirement living near me. Senior retirement living. Here's another one. It's Florida. I live in Florida. Yes, people do retire here. <laughs> Here's one called Retirement Communities in Florida. Florida Retirement System. Best places to retire in Florida. Best retirement communities in Florida. Best cities to retire in Florida. So that's just an example of different, you could have a blog post for every one of these keywords. Make sure that keyword phrase that I just read is in your title. Make sure it's in your URL and make sure it's sprinkled a couple times throughout your content. If you're going to put images in your blog post, which you should, you want to title them with that keyword. And then just naturally, as you're typing this blog post, that should be at least 300 words, you're going to throw in a bunch of other keywords in there as well. So that's what I suggest doing. So people when they look organically and they start Googling, after three to six months, they're going to find you. Again, you got to be patient with this stuff. One blog post a week, maybe three, um, and you're going to be building organic traffic that way. And then you could also be pitching the media. So you're going to be getting ideas based on these keywords. And I would suggest looking at AARP. So the AARP magazine has an insane circulation. Um, as you know, it is, you probably know because this is your audience, um, this is something for people that are about 50 years or older. Um, and they talk about all kinds of different things. I would check out their website at aarp.org and click on menu and look at all of the categories that they write about. They have money. They have a whole travel section, um, which would probably be great for you. You could click on travel and they have travel tips, vacation ideas, destinations. They have an entire retirement section and you could click there. Um, and a lot of these outlets, they are happy to take contributors because let me tell you, because we are so bombarded by so much content online, People like want more, like look at your screen time on your phone. People are constantly consuming content. So the outlets feel like, oh, we got to create more. We got to create more, but they don't have enough money to pay enough writers. So they are so happy to take contributors. You could be a contributor to AARP. And that will help build your brand. That'll help build your authority and your credibility. You share that stuff on your social media. You share it on your blog. Maybe you use a few Facebook ads and you target certain people in certain areas of certain ages who are interested in certain things. And that would be a great way to target them. Um, but I think you are off to an amazing start because you know exactly who your audience is and you know exactly the topic that you want to write about. So I'm going to link again to SCM Rush. I'm actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a link to a two-week trial. It's an affiliate link, um, but I have a free two-week trial that you could access um, and you could do, you could bust out a bunch of SEO research in two weeks with that free two-week trial. Um, that's what I did, but I loved it so much that I wanted to keep on keeping on with it. So I've had a membership for a few years now, but I'm going to link to the free two-week trial of SEM Rush so you can do that. Um, keyword research and um, Emmanuel, that could help you as well.
Okay, let's see. Maybe a couple of more. Let's see how long it takes for me to answer these questions. Okay, Jonathan Nunez, he is asking, I'm currently working on doing research to find out where the most common places to find someone's email address are. That research will give me percentages based on each platform checked. That way we can focus on the most common places to save time when reaching out to bloggers. For instance, 73% of bloggers share their personal email address on their privacy policy. 12% share their email on their Twitter bio, etc. Would you kindly share an example of a great outreach on your upcoming podcast episode? Okay, so Jonathan, it sounds like you want somebody's email address to pitch them. Um couple of things. Um, Twitter is great when it comes to members of the media, not just bloggers, not just podcasters, um, but in general, like mainstream traditional members of the media, they are all on Twitter. And I can tell you, they get lots and lots and lots and lots of emails every day. And they're more likely to pay attention to a Twitter notification then they are another email in their inbox. So don't just think you need to pitch via email. Um, Something that I do is I will pitch via email, but then I'll send a tweet and I'll tag them and I'll say, hey, I just sent you an email, check it out. That actually is how I got Amy Porterfield on CNN um, because I know my contact at CNN gets 20,000 emails a day, not an exaggeration. So when I send a tweet, my tweet is gonna stand out and... um, She's going to know how to find me in that 20,000. <laughs> so don't just think you have to pitch via email. Definitely use these other sources. Um, and then I also know that some people, they just don't take email pitches. Um, I work closely with Pat Flynn. And even if I have a contact who I think would be great on the podcast, I'll tell Pat and he'll be like, okay, great. But they still have to fill out my form online because my team goes over that. So Sometimes if you email a pitch that won't work out, you have to fill out the form online. So before you just straight go to the email, check out online because there's probably a spot for you to apply to be a guest on a podcast or to ask to write a guest blog post. Another thing you can do is ask somebody you know for an introduction. Now make sure you know this person. Like I get these messages on LinkedIn all the time where people will say, oh, I see you're connected to Pat Flynn. Could you please make an introduction? Well, no, I don't know who the hell you are. So I'm not going to introduce you to him because you could be crazy. But if I know you and we have a relationship and you know I was on this podcast and you want to be on it too, then yeah, I can make an introduction. But in the Pat Flynn example, I tell people, yes, I can make an introduction, but you still have to apply online because his team goes through that. So my introduction may not be very useful, but that's just for him. It could work for somebody else. Um, So that's that. But as far as emails go, Basically, if people are hiding their email for a reason, they don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be emailed. Um, I would honestly go the social media route, not where you are the most active, where they are the most active, whether that be Twitter, whether that be Instagram, whatever. And when you do send them a pitch, whatever you want to send them, short, sweet, and to the point. I mean, I can't even tell you how many messages I get on LinkedIn or Instagram. And if it's longer than three sentences, I'm probably not reading it. So... Maybe you want to say like, hey, I'd love to pitch myself as a guest on your podcast. What's the best email to do so? Or how do you accept pitches? Something like that. And then when you do pitch, again, short, sweet, and to the point. Um, But if you are not finding these emails in their bio on social media, if you are not finding them on their website, if you um, are just finding a contact page, 
then use whatever resources they have because that's how they prefer to be contacted and then find out where they're active on social media, start building a relationship and then ask them how you should pitch them. Um, and I think that's the best, that's the best way to do it. PR agencies, they use something called Scission. There's also Meltwater. Muckrack has its own platform. Um, you're going to pay a few thousand dollars for this software, but it will give you the contact information of every journalist um, in the world, depending on how much you pay. But they haven't really caught up with the times yet, and they don't include podcasters. So if you're looking for a business idea, people, you could create a database with the contact information for podcasters. I think there's like 600,000 podcasts out there now. Um, so that is something that people are in need of, <laughs> not just PR agencies, but just people in general. Um, so somebody can create that and they can make a lot of money and then you can send me um, a referral fee for the idea. Okay, thank you. Um, but yeah, Jonathan, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't try to hound people in the email because we all, the last thing we need is an email in our inbox. So contact them the way they want to be contacted and use, use social media. Okay, let's do one more because then I have a bunch more and I'll just get to that in my next solo episode in about a month. Um, one more. It is from Anastasia and she asks, here's my question. How many media appearances do you need to start getting traction in your business? This is a great question, Anastasia, because it's a great question because I don't have an answer for it. Um, let me explain. It doesn't, the number of media appearances don't matter. It's where the media appearances are. It's who's watching. It's the quality. And I'll give you an example. I had a client, I think I've talked about this one before. Um, oh, and I forgot to answer you guys, okay, I'm going to blame baby brain. I forgot to answer part of Jonathan's question on sharing a great outreach pitch for an upcoming episode. Um, yes, I will share a pitch because I actually, I, I very rarely bring people on my podcast who I don't know, but I did recently just because he had a good pitch. Um, so I am going to share it with you after I answer Anastasia's question. I'm going to share that with you. Okay. So I had a client um, and they had a fitness app. I got them on the Today Show, which you're thinking, oh my God, the Today Show, that's huge. Millions of people saw it. And then it was online and millions more saw it. And it's still online, even though this happened like four years ago, because that's how earned media works, people. It stays there. Um, and they got the backlink and all that jazz, right? However, it was for a running app. You could probably imagine a lot of people watching the Today Show do not like running. They do not want to go running. I also got that same client in a magazine called Runner's World. I knew nothing about this magazine. Apparently, it's a very popular magazine for people who like running. Clearly, I do not like running. But a much smaller outlet than the Today Show. However, way more meaningful, way more quality, way more quality content than the Today Show. And that's because it was more niched. It was for that audience. They were more likely to turn that publicity into profit, more likely to convert people to download the app after reading it in Runner's World than the Today Show. So to answer your question, it doesn't matter how many media appearances you need. It's where they are. Now, you can't just get one and call it a day. You do need repeated media appearances. Back in the day, 
you needed to see something seven or eight times before you decided to pull the trigger and buy it, invest in it, make a call, find out more, whatever. That was back in the day. Imagine what it's like today when we can pick up our phones and see hundreds of things in literally a matter of minutes. So that's why you need lots of media appearances. You need to be in a lot of different places at a lot of different times with a lot of different angles. So when somebody is ready for your product or your service, you're top of mind. That's why I always tell my clients, both agency clients and both people in the media mentoring program, after you earn media exposure, don't assume people saw it and call it a day because two minutes later, they've forgotten. You need to take that media exposure and share it on your social media, share it with your email list, put it on your website, put it on your marketing materials, and don't just do it once. Do it once a month for like three years because somebody who just found out about me today, maybe this is the first podcast you're listening to, you've never heard of me before, um, you're not going to know anywhere I've been the last five years. So I need to remind you, I need to make sure I'm still posting it and I'm still talking about it because that's where you turn publicity into profit. But you have to be in multiple places at multiple times. I've had clients who have signed six month contracts with me and we've gotten them tons of media exposure. They're in a bunch of different places. They're getting way more leads because people know about them. People are going to them. A lot easier to convert that into sales because you're already known, liked, and trusted at that point. So they're like, oh yeah, you're good. You did your job. Thanks. We don't need you anymore. And then three months later, they call me and they're like, it all stopped. What happened? And I'm like, well, you stopped appearing in the media. You stopped sharing your appearances on your social media and um, people forgot about you. Because think of the news cycle. Think of not just traditional news like you watch on TV or you read in the paper or you read online, but think of social media. Like something can happen today and next week it is forgotten because you've seen so many things since then. So there's no set number on how many media appearances you need, but you do need more than one and you do need to be reaching the right people. In a perfect world, it would be one a week. You would be a guest on a podcast one week. You would be sharing a blog post that you wrote another week. You would be um, writing a guest blog for another outlet another week. And remember, this isn't just you earning media. Earning media once a week is a lot. Like if you earned coverage in another outlet once a week, you'd be doing pretty damn good. The average PR agency earns their clients about two media hits a month. And obviously it depends on the client. It depends on, on their industry and their niche and their location and all of that. But remember, you don't just have to be earning media appearances all the time. You can also be sharing content that is your own on your own platforms. And you can also go to Flipboard. I'll also put this in the show notes. People, lots in the show notes today. Go to flipboard.com and type in your niche and Share those relevant articles across your platforms because you're going to be helping your audience. And people are going to say, oh, well, Anastasia is always talking about this. She has blog posts about it. She's been on a podcast about this and she's always sharing articles about this topic and I need help with it. So I'm going to reach out to Anastasia. So you need to be sharing your value, whether that be a media appearance, whether that be something you put together on your own, whether it just be some resource of value that came from somebody else at least once a week. I mean, and with these social media scheduling tools, you can do it once a day. 
You can do it once a day. That'll be the plan B is automating stuff that you post. And then plan A is getting in there, posting it live and interacting with people. I never say like set it and forget it. I never say post and ghost. (laughs) It's social media. So you have to be social. But plan B, which everybody should have this plan B because it's so easy, is just automating stuff to post at least once a day. Because you don't want to like have the flu for a week and disappear for a week because you could still do business the week after. So I'm all about scheduling social media content, but at least once a day, pop in there, respond to notifications, be social with people, post in real time. It does make a difference. Um, So Anastasia, again, sorry, I don't have an answer for how many media appearances you need to start getting traction. You could have one amazing one and get traction. You could have 10 terrible ones and get nothing. It really just depends on the quality and it depends on what you do with it. You have to turn around and do PR on your PR. Okay, that is going to be it for this episode. I am going to do another one in a month. I do these solo episodes once a month. Um, So we're going to have an Ask Me Anything part two because I have questions from Albie Davidson, from Carlos, from Katrina, from Jessica Tristakis, who asked me a lot of questions, a lot of good questions. And I know Jessica personally, so you know her questions are going to be thebomb.com. Um, don't forget to check out the show notes. I have Flipboard, AARP, a free two-week trial to SEM Rush, what I use for my SEO research. Um, Brandon Gailey's blog, Millionaire, Pat Flynn's book, Superfans. I'm going to link to another podcast episode of Hera, where I get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then I'm also going to link to that book where my client um, was mentioned in because of her media exposure. Um, I can't think of it right now as I record, but I'm going to find it and I'm going to put that in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening, folks. Next week, um, I'm super excited about next week because we are going to, you've already heard from Pat Flynn, who I worked with um, as my business coach slash mentor, whatever you want to call him. Um, And you're going to hear from my other business coach. His name is Jason Swank. Um, I actually found out about him through Pat Flynn when I was in Pat's Mastermind. And Jason is amazing because he, as you know, I have um, a PR agency. And Jason is going to talk to me... um, about going from a freelancer to an agency owner, which is awesome because I never wanted to be an agency owner. I never thought I would be an agency owner. Um, And then freelancing got to be stressful and miserable and I hated it. (laughs) And I kind of accidentally became an agency owner. So we're going to talk about how that happens. And if you are a freelancer right now, um, you may want to grow to an agency owner. And I'm going to tell you why I didn't want to, how I accidentally did, and now why I would not have it any other way. So you're going to talk to me and my business coach next week on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thank you so much for listening.